So before we start today's show, we wanted to tell you, the listener, about Rocketbook. Now, Rocketbook can be found at GetRocketbook.com. The Rocketbook system that they've developed connects traditionally with like a notebook that they've created that you can then scan the pages that you write on into favorite applications like Google Drive, OneNote, or other major note-taking applications. They even make a notebook, Marcus, get this, that you can erase the page and it it feels just like paper. It's not, you know how like back in the day you'd get like a white erase marker and they'd give you like a laminated page and then you could write on it and then you just, you just take an eraser and then erase it and then you get the smear all over your hands. It's kind of gross. That does not happen with their futuristic technology if paired with a pilot friction ink pen. Did you see what I did there? So their notebooks, Marcus, are magical. <laughs> magic notebooks, yes. Uh, Absolutely I, magic. I love it. I love it. Um, and, and so my thing, I have people all over the place at, at conferences, uh, in my own buildings, in my own districts that are, you know, coming to professional learning opportunities and, and PD and webinars, and they're taking notes. And I love that they're taking notes. I happen to take my notes in, you know, electronic format directly by typing. But some people don't want to do that. And so the, the Rocket Book does this thing where it's kind of the best of both worlds. It lets you write. It lets you sketch note. It lets you doodle um, in the conventional way that you would have back in, you know, middle school when you were distracted. Uh, but you can take those notes, but then you can boom, send them straight to drive, send them to one note. And you've got sort of a digital version of that. Um, so it's kind of wild. It's a little bit futuristic. I don't know how it works exactly. But it's awesome, and we've got our hands on a couple of them. Right, and we're not just we're not just talking about Rocketbook because we like Rocketbook so much. We right. have two of them that they sent us, but these aren't just your standard notebooks, Marcus. We need to be upfront about that. These are branded Panda planners, which is a thing. Which is a thing. There's there's this system that this company developed. They're called Panda planners. They've developed this system about how to like organize your planning for the day, how to recognize goals and really be, um, I guess, thankful for some of the things that you're having. Like it's a really cool system. So if you look up Panda Planner by itself, like it's, it's a pretty cool deal, but Rocketbook has paired with Panda Planner, Panda, obviously we love, right? Right Right up, right up our alley. Um, And and Rocketbook was generous enough to send us two. So we're really happy to launch our next giveaway, which is to give you some Panda Planner Rocketbook notebooks. They're really, really cool. And you can look them up, Google them, Rocketbook Panda Planner, um, as well as going to getrocketbook.com. That's where you can find all the information. Marcus has details on our next little contest slash giveaway so we can basically just pass these right along to you we didn't keep any unfortunately now we're gonna have to go out and buy a couple right they're so cool and you guys are gonna love them yeah so what we want to do is we want to get either here's how here's how you get in the get a piece of the action all right you've got a couple options option one take a picture of your workspace, your lack of organization. Um, I, I joke with people all the time about having like the post-it note crazy thing happening around your workspace. So take a picture, show us that you need this level of amazing organization in your life. Or even better, take a quick video showing 
why, you know, convince us why you need this sort of thing in your life. And then whether it's a video or a picture, go to social media, Twitter, Facebook, mention at Canvas Casters, mention at Get Rocket Book, and then throw the hashtag Canvas Pandas. So at Canvas Casters, at Get Rocket Book, hashtag Canvas Pandas. You've got until August 28th to share your picture or your video. Get it to us. Let us see it. Let us see why you need this. Cause I'm telling you, I've looked, I looked at the Panda planner structure. I need to, I need to be about this life. I don't know how I've gotten to this point in my life and not been using it because right. it gives you like this, like science proven thought process yeah. from planning from, from small goals to larger goals and having a timeline. It's, it's amazing. And then you combine that with the, the crazy magic of a rocket book and, it's a pretty impressive thing. Plus you got a panda right on the cover. I don't know how it gets better. I, right. Again, Marcus and I saw these and we went, it's got a panda on it. We need this. Um, so we were lucky enough to reach out the company. They sent us a couple. We're throwing them a bone rocket book, panda planner, please, please, please go check it out. It's amazing. And let's see those pictures and videos of the hot mess express when it comes to your organized life. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see. You don't want to see mine. So, right. um, you know, my classroom, my classroom uh, desk was not the cleanest ever. So this is going to be a fun contest and we hope everybody gets involved. And again, thanks again to rocket book for sending us these Panda planners. Welcome to episode 24 of the Canvas Casters podcast. We are here with the one and only Kona Jones. She is the director of online learning and facilitator of the Faculty Academy at Richland Community College in Illinois. Kona is a Canvas power user and has been a mainstay in the Canvas community for years. Kona was our guest on episodes three and four, and she is back. Yeah. Kona, what have you been up to this summer? Oh my gosh, that's a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> that's why we're here. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, well, given everything that's going on, I was really lucky in that my college made the decision to go uh, almost completely remote uh, around the beginning of June. And so we knew we had to get all of our faculty in uh, using Canvas at the highest level they could. So I have been doing a boot camp uh, for my faculty for seven weeks uh, this summer. And uh, it was really intense, and it was uh, it was great though. Uh, the feedback I got from the faculty and the sessions we were having, it was it was phenomenal. So as much as some of them felt like they were getting dumped in the deep end of the ocean, and they were even kind of like, "Whoa, I'm not sure I can do this." Um, it was baby steps because we had the seven weeks to kind of work them through, and I had a really good process lined up for, okay, we're going to start here, and then we do this, this. We had. Uh, uh, both asynchronous and synchronous stuff going on. So, you know, they could participate no matter what. And it, it was a great time. Uh, I think one of my favorite takeaways that faculty had was they're like, I've never really taken an online course myself. And you showed us best practices for teaching online courses. And I'm like, yes, you won. You won boot camp because you got it. You got that metacognition thing of not only am I teaching you how to use Canvas, but I'm teaching you how to teach by showing you best practices. And so um, that was huge. I also, a lot of faculty understood grace and they started really getting that concept because you know they had assignments they had to turn in, they had due dates. And I had an instructor say, 
I got so anxious. I like literally shut down and I couldn't get my homework turned in. And all I could think about is this is exactly what some of my students feel like. And that it's not that they can't do it and it's not that they don't wanna do it. It's just, they get so anxious and so maybe scared of messing it up or not doing it right that they just shut down and they can't do it. And so providing just a little bit of grace um, to your students when, you know, maybe it's it's not that, not that they don't want to do it. It's just they don't feel they can or they're not sure how to get started or they're so worried about doing it wrong. And so I think that instructor who then shared it and other students or other students, other teachers shared similar stories of kind of understanding that they needed to be a little bit more, you know, kind to their students and understanding, but then even to themselves, um, that it was good to offer that grace to themselves. So lots of really great things that we learned, but I have to say that the big ones were just learning about best practices and then just giving yourself and the students that grace to things aren't going to be perfect. It's going to be insane, but we'll get through it. And that's what really matters. What a what a great opportunity, Kona, for you to take the summer. I, I don't know how many uh, other folks uh, like you in districts and, and colleges around the country that maybe had the had the immense head up, heads up of of June. <laughs> um, but you know what an opportunity for you to model some of that with the teachers. That had to be um, just a really good experience, especially. You, know, you talked a little bit about grace, like they got the chance to be students in a course that you built, I'm assuming, or created in Canvas. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. They were, they, I mean, and I even told them, I said, download the Canvas student app on your phone. I said, now you're going to get to see how Canvas works on your mobile phone for a student. So that way, when you say to your student, go here or click there, or this is how it's going to look, you're going to really know this is how it's going to look. When you tell a student how to submit an assignment, you've submitted assignments. And I had them submitting all different types of assignments just so they could get that feeling. I even told them, go in and try to do stuff from your phone. Try to do a discussion from your phone. Try to find your grades from your phone um, just to get that perspective. So yeah, I mean, I think it was a really great opportunity for them to learn Canvas from the student side and then be applying it into their own courses. So they were kind of building their own courses as they were working through the boot camp, and then I would weekly check in and look at their course and kind of evaluate, okay, how's your course design coming? Uh, do you have assignment directions? Have you added content into your course? And, and be providing feedback all the way along the line. That's Marcus, so so <laughs> we're four minutes in, and Kona just gave you exactly why we're having her on the episode on the well, show exactly. again. Like, exactly. Like we could just end the podcast now. No, there's so much more that we want Kona to Thanks talk about. Thanks for being here, everybody. Right. <laughs> um, no. But that's exactly this is exactly why she's here, guys. And yep. as so many of you students, teachers are headed back to some kind of school, we knew that this would be the perfect time to have you back on the show. Like we're back to school, and now things are different, right? We are we are now in this distance education approach. And we really just want to check in on, on you and, and talk about some of the things that you've been up to, but obviously, you know, how are you, how are you approaching what lies ahead? You, you've spent the last seven weeks getting everybody ready, but sooner or later, it's going to be go time there at Richland. So go time was yesterday. Oh, Hey, <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we are currently in the middle of go time. I will tell you yesterday, um, when I had to go pick up my daughter, uh, I felt like my head was kind of in a cloud. Uh, but at the same time, uh, things are going pretty well. Um, honestly, I think one of our biggest things is just trying to figure out how all of it fits together. Um, teachers are so used to seeing their students and being on campus that trying to get that mental shift 
of how do I make connections with my students? How do I have that before class chat with my students that I would normally have? How do I have my after class chat with my students that I normally have? And so I think that's probably one of the biggest things um, is just trying to figure out the overall logistics of how it fits together. I mean, like overall, my faculty, they're good with Canvas. I mean, honestly, they really, they're pretty good with Canvas. Um, we're having some interesting learning curves with Zoom and uh, figuring out how to do all the Zoom stuff and get it back into Canvas and all of that. Uh, but yeah, it's more of how to make those connections and how do they make sure that that it's really logistically fitting together, so. Right. The, uh... That's the, the thing I've talked to teachers a lot about over the last month or so. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with the remote teachers. Um, in our district, we basically, I don't know if it's good or, I feel like we're in a spot where basically we've been able to dedicate a teacher per grade level at each building to be the remote teacher. Um, so students had that choice. So certainly some classes are larger uh, than others, but ultimately I've spent a lot of time with them and that's been the thing that I've tried to like sort of bring to light because everybody's super concerned about, uh, you know, using the LMS and, and delivering content and so forth. But I think the, the underlying and what I would argue, and I think you would too, one of the really important things is how are you going to find a way to connect to the kids have those conversations like you talked about with, um, you know, the before class, the after class, the the check-ins, where I would walk around the room and just kneel down next to a desk and just like have a one-on-one. -on -one. How are you going to make that happen when they're spread all over the, the city or all over the county or whatever? So, you know, with that being said, and you've kind of talked about it a little bit, now that schools are, you know, staring at screens and uh, seeing faces, uh, most important things that you would say to, you know, basically pre-K through higher ed, is there like a, like a one or two or three, like go-to magical yeah. things to say? Wow. That's like a lot of pressure, but, um, <laughs> I, I will tell you that not only have I been working with my faculty, um, I also do consult some consulting work. So I've also done some higher ed. I've actually done some K through 12 trainings as well through the summer, um, working with some schools. And the thing I really got a lot out of that is then having those conversations with the teachers during those training sessions. So I try not to make it a one way because for me, that's not nearly as good uh, for all of us. And so what I've really gotten out of those sessions um, is at least the, the big thing is trying to keep it simple. So many of the faculty felt hugely overwhelmed that they needed to have the most perfect, most amazing, flashiest course. Keep it simple. This is a pandemic, people. <laughs> like this is a you our great great grandkids are going to be talking about what happened. Do not try to make your class the flashiest, you know, emoji classroom, you know, bit things and and buttons and flashing. Like just don't do it. I mean, like keep it simple, you know, focus on the basics because as much as, oh, it really looks cool, all your students and trust me, even their parents want is for the kids just to be able to submit their work, right? They just wanna be able to find it. They wanna be able to know what they're doing and they need to be able to submit it. And I mean, if you have time to make it cool and flashy and fun, that's awesome. But if it's stressing you out, just don't, just keep it simple. And what you should really be focusing in on is making those connections. Um, I was talking with a high school teacher and we had a really great conversation and she was talking about her traditions and her habits. And in your class, if you can set up, you know, every Monday 
we do this every Wednesday is this every Friday is this or you know and that can carry through through I mean obviously little kids really like that because um, I've got an eight-year-old myself and she loves to know what's the schedule but even in higher ed um, my own students because I teach myself know every Monday I'm going to do this you know they know every Friday I'm going to do a wrap-up of how our discussion went and if you can set these traditions and these habits that's going to be really huge for keeping students on track and knowing um, so, so yeah, so keep it simple, develop traditions and habits, keep that pattern. Don't say, oh, well, we're going to try this this week and we're going to do this next. Don't do it. Just, this is not the semester. This is not the year for that. Um, and then I think the other thing is anytime you can do small groups. So like, here's, we're at the three of us, right? And we're having great conversations. Well, if you added 17 more people into this room, right, you're going to lose that or add another. 20 on top of that or you know and you just keep adding and you're going to lose those connections so anytime you can do small groups with your students um, whether that's you start in a big group you do breakout rooms uh, or whether you just meet with students in small groups so maybe you've got an hour and a half to spend with them well instead of spending the entire hour and a half with 20 or 30 students maybe you spend 10 or 15 minutes with groups of students right and uh, put some of that video put some of that content online you know make yourself a quick video uh, for the instruction and then actually have real conversations um, so small groups and real conversations and put the instructional stuff um, put that online put that in a video that students and their parents can go back and watch because trust me when those parents are trying to help their kids they just want you to explain what the heck is going on right now and so if you can put that video and they can go back and watch it you are going to earn so many points from those parents. Um, if you can do a course walkthrough, if you can use, you know, some free program, Screencast-O-Matic, if you're lucky, you've got Canvas Studio, you know, whatever, but even free programs. And if you can just do a walkthrough of your course and explain to the students and their parents, this is where stuff is and this is where you're going to go, the kudos and the points you're going to make with all of them is going to be off the chart. So You talked a lot about the new stuff, and I, I, I think... At some point, did we forget that we were in a pandemic? Because I, I feel like there's been so much conversation yeah. on this this new thing, or we're adding this new stuff, or we're going to do yeah. Bitmoji classrooms, and then we're going to try to recreate the wheel. Or you know what we're going to do? We're going to have the teacher come into the classroom. We're going to have them stand in front of the class and record or live stream their lessons for eight hours a day while students sit at home and watch a Zoom. Like, did we forget that like what we did in March because it was the world was going crazy and we had to shut things down. We forgot about all those conversations we had, like, what does it look like to be flexible learning? What is it like? And all that was really good and engaging. And now it, it feels like we had all this time and all this lead up to like figure out how to do it right. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, look at all this crazy stuff we're going to do. And now they're freaking out again. Like what happened between March and now, like the whole world, like we said, the whole world's gone crazy. Right. So um, it's just in education. That's one of those things, right? Easier said than done. <laughs> and I, I keep trying to find examples. So I'm curious, Kona, um, either from your own experience or other educators that you've worked with that you feel have been really especially helpful um, in this environment, like what can, a, what can a third grade teacher, a fully remote teacher, for example, do to engage and establish that connection with kids really early, just week one? Because I think that's what we get into. Like they're so wrapped up in like building and creating. We're just talking week one. Let's get you, let's get you through the first week and then see how it feels, right? So what kind of uh, what kind of examples would you have on, on that situation or things that you would recommend as kind of the expert on humanizing learning, I guess? Yeah, well, I would not, there are, there are people who are way more amazing than I am. Um, 
I just consider myself a disciple of humanizing, definitely not the expert at all. Uh, but for me, I think the biggest thing um, is at least figuring out what is it you can do. So given your grade, so, and, and honestly, I have a third grader myself, strangely enough. Um, and for me, what I would love to see, she started school on Monday and it's remote learning. And I know we just switched, our school was gonna go hybrid. They literally just switched last week. So I actually, you nailed it. I've got a teacher, you know, and what I would really want and hope that my daughter's teacher would do is make that welcome video. Like I was saying, make that welcome video, talk a little bit about yourself. Think about what do you normally do, right? To, with the kids that first you know, day, you know, you say, hi, my name is Mrs. Taylor and I'm gonna do this and, you know, and we're gonna learn about that. And I'm so excited and here's some of my favorite things or here's my pet and, you know, and, and be yourself and be your humanized self. Um, but then also let the students have the opportunity to kind of interact with each other. Um, so I know for some schools, they are doing uh, live, you know, Zoom sessions or Google Hangouts and things like that. Um, doing that, but I will also say when it gets to be the huge class, it's too much. Do it small. Um, I, I was just talking with my brother who um, was in their first Zoom session and it literally was 17 second graders and he said, all I could hear was parents yelling in the background and the TV going, the dog barking. He's like, and that was not like, it wasn't conducive to the learning environment and they didn't get to know each other. So small groups. So that teacher, find that 10 or 15 minutes you can meet in small groups, you know, or three or four. So the teacher, three or four students for 10 or 15 minutes and really talk to them, you know, and maybe ask them to bring a favorite thing, almost like a show and tell you know, bring a favorite thing that they are going to show you um, and talk about in their, you know, minutes or to ask the student ahead of time to think about what do they really want to learn or what are they really excited about? So that way the child has something to talk about um, and it can really get them passionate, excited. And that teacher learns a little bit about them, but then the teacher can engage with them in that smaller group. So for me, I would focus on small groups. Um, and then I would definitely, I just can't say enough about do a course walkthrough, explain to these poor parents what in the world is going on? Because as one of those poor parents, I have no idea what my daughter's you know, classroom environment is gonna look like online. And I consider myself a quasi expert and I don't know what it's gonna look like. And if that teacher would make me that video as a parent, I would just be over the moon. Um, my daughter, who she's got some anxiety about what's this online learning gonna look like? How's it gonna function? If you make that video and, you know, and show students, you know, this is what it is and this is what it's gonna look like, uh, it's going to go a lot way, going a long way towards reducing the student's anxiety and the parent's anxiety. So for me, that first week should all just totally be about reducing anxiety, making people feel comfortable with technology, have some real low-level assignments, like assignments that aren't worth points, that aren't really, you know, just fun stuff. Like if you're going to want them to make videos, then have them make fun videos. If you want them to do audio, have them do fun audio. Uh, have them draw a picture and submit it. So I wouldn't do any learning this week. I would make it just seriously. I wouldn't. I, I, you know, I granted I'm a parent too, so I'm like, yeah, nothing great. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I would make it that low level. Let's reduce our anxiety. Let's reduce everyone's anxiety. Let's reduce parents' anxiety, kids' anxiety, and just make people feel comfortable with the environment. Make people feel comfortable with each other. And then the next week, let's jump into some real learning because then they feel primed. Then the, then you've kind of primed it and they've had positive experiences because if their first experiences are negative, if their first experiences aren't, you know, if they're, if it's just awful, well, then you're setting the tone for the rest of the semester. You're setting that tone and it's really hard 
to get them back to feeling like it could be positive if it starts that bad. Um, so really anything you can do, keep it simple, keep it fun, get people used to the technology with really low stakes assignments, um, and just stay in communication with the parents, please, please. As a I, parent. cannot, I cannot wait. Eddie, we, this has to get out like yesterday because honestly, I, it, this is what makes me feel so happy because everything that Kona just said, everything is like, I'm so glad that I'm a lifelong learner, right? Because I know that I'm still learning stuff and I'm learning it from, from folks like Kona and Eddie, we've talked about like, if you're the smartest person in the room, find a new room. And I'm not the smartest person in this room, but I can say this, I've learned a lot from Kona and others like her out there because I need this episode right now and I'm, I'm sending it directly to my entire corporation because they are gonna hear almost verbatim what I've been yammering about for the last month. They're gonna hear it from another person and they're gonna be like, okay, either, either Marcus is just in this weird clique of crazy people also, yes, I agree. Could be po it's possible, or there's something to it, and we all know that when you hear it from multiple voices, even if it's the same content, it rings true. And everything that Kona just said, I'm sitting there going, "Oh my God, I said that! Oh, oh yes, yes!" You know, so I'm like, I'm ready. Let's get it because all of that stuff is so spot on. And it's K through higher ed. It, that's the great thing. Throw a blanket over everybody. We don't get to do it often. But all of what she just said with course tours and and showing some some uh, connection before you get to content, like all of that is just. Well, and how many times do we how many times do we sit in a session where we're discussing Canvas and everyone in the room just wants to know how to upload their entire content for the semester, right? But like we harp on how to use an announcement and create a video so that like the first thing they see is you like what, like that has to be, especially today. Like if you don't get that first day experience with kids and every teacher loves that first day experience, my wife, third grade teacher, she'll say the same thing. Like I love that first day experience. So why can't I try to recreate those things? Uh, you know, as much as we harp on like, don't recreate the wheel by just scanning a worksheet and putting it in there. Don't recreate the wheel by putting a camera in your classroom and doing the same thing that you've always done, but like recreate that experience online by creating a video of yourself so that you can create some trust and engagement and a relationship with those kids right off the bat. Like that's the first thing I always show people. And I, and I'm sure there are people in the room that are like, come on, dude, show me how to upload all my assignments into Google drive. Like, and like, how can I get it into canvas? No, like I want you to make a connection to this platform and I want you to make a connection with your kids. And the only way you can do that is to fire up, you know, <laughs> a media recorder or announcement or however you want to import a video, whatever you're comfortable with. But I think that's so important. So, yeah, it's timely, right? Like this is so timely. Students are not going to leave the first week of school and go, man, you know what was most impressive about Mr. Painter's class? What I love is how his syllabus was, <laughs> and his syllabus is just pristine. Absolutely. It's amazing. Um, and now granted, certainly there's something to be said for clarity and, and all those yes. things, 
simplicity but, yeah. and letting kids know you know the fundamental five uh mm -hmm. letting kids know what it is that they need to know and when things are all that's important but i'm so on board with like keeping it simple and just getting into it uh connecting so i i just love that now if we're going to talk if we're going to talk about canvas specifically right and we've kind of hinted at it and eddie kind of mentioned a couple of things and, and we're hinting at it. So with all that being said, what are some things, Kona, that are, you know, tools within Canvas that you think can kind of help teachers execute the kind of mindset that we're talking about? Absolutely. Um, well, Eddie definitely said announcements. Um, if you've got any way to get video into Canvas, so whether that's Canvas Studio, which I absolutely adore and my faculty love, um, but even if you don't have it, there's plenty of free tools to get that video in. Um, even your pages, I mean, you can put content, you can put pictures of yourself. Uh, depending on the grade level, you can have very simplistic pages or you can have some more advanced information. Um, but for really making those connections, I love introductory discussions. Um, I think you can make them really, really fun. Uh, I know some people think, oh, discussions. And seriously, I could have a whole session just on how amazing discussions are. All my discussions, we're not talking, you know, like this. We're talking about just a discussion board in Canvas. Just a simple discussion board in Canvas can be super powerful for getting students to start interacting, to start meeting each other. Um, it's a good chance just to kind of get them comfortable with the system. Uh, so simple discussion boards. I mean, then there's always, you know, if you're just trying to see if your students are even logging in, I mean, there's the new analytics, you can check on that type of stuff. There's message students who, you know, there's all of those little things. Um, but I think if you really want to get students engaging, I would do that announcements, turn on your comments with your announcements, um, have those simple discussion boards, have that open Q and A, have just that open discussion where any questions you have, post them here, right? Uh, I would do that. And then anytime, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a strong believer in video. I mean, I'm just like video, video, video. If you can make a video and show it, students, parents, everyone are going to understand it better than, I mean, even I, I video myself talking through my directions these days. So it, anytime you can do a video, quick, dirty, don't have to be amazingly professional like you guys, um, just quick and dirty. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And, and you're preaching to the choir on the video stuff we're, we're big fans and uh, you know it it comes down it gives that connection which we are obviously talking about but it gives another medium uh for for students to comprehend and understand you know because i have an audio and video they're able like let's face it i'm a riot but my jokes may not always hit if you can't see the goofy face that i make what Absolutely. i know i know eddie i know edward Absolutely. you're a riot yeah it's the context though it like, really is absolutely so i that's what i've been telling teachers is like give the full picture by letting them see your face letting them obviously hear and then you know maybe there is some text and they're sharing of screen so we're getting click by click uh we've even talked about uh you know captioning along with that to assist with you know partners that need captioning um and so all of that stuff can can happen in Canvas, which is like the the, the wild thing, you know. Uh, so it's super exciting. Well, before Marcus's head gets any bigger and tells you guys how funny he is, probably we should go to break and then we'll come back and talk more uh, with Kona Jones. My goodness, I'm a riot. Yeah, he's the funniest guy I know. 
All right. So <laughs> we're going to take a break, but when we get back, we're going to talk to Kona a little bit more about the communications aspect that she loves inside Canvas, as well as who she's learning from these days in this digital learning world that we're all finding ourselves in. We'll be right back with Kona Jones on the Canvas Casters podcast. CanvasCon Online is October 15th, and it is F-R-E-E free. An amazing day of online learning will be offered by some of the most powerful pandas in the Canvas community. You'll have the chance to learn from some of the very best. Don't miss it. Check out the show notes for the link to register or go to www.instructure.com slash canvas slash events slash CanvasCon slash the funniest guy in the room slash hilarity <laughs> so welcome back kona's here joining us kona jones the infamous canvas expert and we're so excited to have her on the show but we were talking a little bit during the break and we thought we'd we just abandoned everything we had planned for the rest of the podcast to talk about it, but it was, it's just like the classroom. So we're talking about this aspect of communication and how uh, doing that and teaching is always really important, but even more so now, just because of the conditions that we're in. So in this real world, Zoom, Google Meets, Hangouts, uh, chats, things that are happening with kids all the time. What are some of your go-tos or some things that you're trying to facilitate with maybe your learners and teachers there that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, well, a big conversation that we've been having uh, with on our faculty is just that whole debate about making students be on the screen. So making students turn their video on. Uh, and I will say that's been kind of a hotly debated one. Like some faculty feel really passionate about it. Uh, and we've started, I found some really great readings uh, on that topic and I shared them with the faculty and we're actually having a faculty academy open conversation next week about it. And some of my faculty are really starting to kind of understand um, what that can do to students. So the being on and some of our students, because we have what's called online live, which is basically synchronous online sessions. Um, and so some students, I was talking with a student yesterday um, who had like three back to back to back Zoom sessions. And so the, just the stress from being on camera, um, and there's also this cognitive piece that research has really shown is seeing yourself on camera really freaks with your brain and freaks with your mind. Um, and so it's this really that, that Zoom is different compared to being in the classroom. And so we've really kind of talked about, you know, what else can you do? Because they're like, well, how do I know if my students are really listening to me if the video's not on? And I'm like, have you looked at all the other things you could do? There's this whole chat feature over here. Um, so many of them have polls. I said, you could integrate a Kahoot and the student, you know, you could pull that up. The students could be doing a Kahoot. Uh, they could be doing a Nearpod while you're doing this. I'm like, there's so many other things you could be doing that don't require your students to be on a video. Um, and that would still show that you're engaging with the students. Um, also really talking to my faculty, um, I firmly believe, and this is my own personal, I'll be up in my soapbox, um, Zoom is not a way to lecture. Like if you're just doing your straight one hour lecture, don't, please don't. Um, make that into, uh, you know, four or five chunked out videos that you post 
in campus or wherever and have the students go watch that, use Zoom for the interaction. Use Zoom for, so hopefully, you know, you watched my videos. Let's talk about that. Let's go deeper into that. Let's break you up into breakout rooms or let's do that Nearpod or that Kahoot or, you know, let's do some chatting and talking about that. Or what are your questions? And maybe if I'm like, I, I teach math, so I have students come in and I don't lecture. I just say, so what didn't you understand from this week's content? And they said, well, you know, I was doing this, but I really didn't understand that part. I said, okay. So then in Zoom or, you know, whatever, you can share your screen. I pull up the whiteboard feature. We start doing problems, but I'm not lecturing. I'm talking through a problem that they had a question about. And then they could pause me and say, okay, wait a second. Well, where was that? Or where did that come in? Um, but if you're just straight lecturing, I mean, trust no one wants to, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear me lecture for hours straight, right? Um, it's hard. And then especially if you want the students just to be on video while you're just straight lecturing, like, oh my gosh, who would want to do that? Um, but if you've got interaction and if you've, you're doing things with your students, they're actually going to be more likely to want to be on video because they're doing things together and because you're being interactive. Um, but even if they don't want to be on video, I really am a firm believer, like do not. Um, I know there are some programs, like we even have some grant funded programs where they have to be on video. And so we've talked about talking with the students ahead of time. So even putting out a survey uh, before you actually do your first Zoom session and let students know like part of this course requires that you have to be on camera. You know, is there any, are there any potential concerns or problems that you can, you, you foresee for this happening? Um, and so then that allows the student to have that conversation with the teacher about, you know, I'm not living in an environment that I feel safe showing my background. Um, I'm going to be sitting in my car doing this and I'm not sure I feel comfortable. Um, I'm going to be in a closet. I'm going to be in a bathroom. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to have dogs and animals and everything. And it allows that teacher then to have a one-on-one -on -one personal conversation with the student and figure out if you have to be on camera, what, what can we do and how can we make the best out of that? And I think that for me is so important that if you absolutely have to make them on, you know, have to have them on video, have that conversation with students ahead of time to help mitigate any potential things, to help you problem solve with them. Uh, and if you don't have to have them on video, if it's just your own personal thing, get over it <laughs> and stop and stop lecturing and make it fun, make it interactive, make it engaging. And I'm sorry, I could, I, we could have that whole session. I'm sorry, this is, we could have that whole session just oh, yeah. on this topic right here. So I'm completely with you. And uh, again, conversations that are happening everywhere, regardless of, of the age of the learner. Uh, but I, I love what you said about um, using the chat function in whatever platform you're using. We talked about it uh, with, you know, little you know, littles, you know, grades two, three, four, where we, you know, at that age, you know, you might have like vocabulary words uh, or words of the day. So I, I urge teachers at those grade levels to think about if you have a word of the day that you're going to talk about, you're going to talk about how to spell it and things like that. You know, second grade is, is a great time. First grade even is a great time to be like, okay, you want to be, you want to interact in the chat. You're going to type the word of the day. And that's going to require you to practice the spelling, think about the word, and then figure out how to find the letters on the keyboard. Um, and so, and that could be the that could be the hand raise for a first or second grader. It might take them five minutes to do it, but if I see that little little uh, little Edward typed our word of the day in the chat, 
then I, that's the indication to me that, that he wants to say something. And I'm going to say, Edward, go ahead and unmute your mic and, and tell us what you have to say. And he could be off camera, right? Because he's decided he's made that choice. I've allowed him to make that choice because he's got a crazy household. He's got six siblings. Nobody will ever zip the lip long enough for him to do anything. And, and, and all of this is happening. So it's like, I feel like you give the kid, uh, the learner, regardless of age, you give them that choice, but you empower them at the same time. And there are definitely ways to, to work around not having the face on the screen. Can we, can we dive in the scenario that you've cooked up for little Edward? Lil, L-I-L apostrophe, Lil Edward. God, you're a (laughs) resident funny guy here on the Canvas Cast. Hey, everybody. Hey. I mean, that's a good one, though. I mean, and even, you know, I've heard of a a couple of faculty integrating Google Docs and having like a running, like that's the back channel is the Google Doc. They will have, you know, okay, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to ask this question and put your answer in the Google Doc or here's a survey, take that survey or answer it in the survey thing. I mean, like there's so many engaging things you can do with students that don't require them to be on camera and you can still tell that they're, you know, that they're paying attention and they're doing something. And my other question is if you're that worried, then maybe you should figure out, like we're not all Marcus and the funny man, but I am still a believer that education should be fun and can be fun. And so like, how can you make it engaging? You know, I know sometimes we have to lecture. I mean, I teach math, I understand, but put those video, make those videos and put them where the students can go back and watch them and pause them and rewind them, you know, and put them on slow if they need to listen to it slowly um, and save the face-to-face for the engaging stuff. Save that for the stuff that you can make fun because you can do math games that are fun. You can do just about anything, turn it into a game if you really wanted to. Yep. And that's ultimately boils down to what we're basically talking about uh, flipping flipping the classroom because you're not going to be able to, you're not going to want to keep kids in front of the screen for extended amounts of time. And you want to make the most of that time when you do have it. And so it's like basically flipped mindset, flip classroom. And we're producing a lot of content asynchronously and providing it so that we can make a better, more engaging experience when we're face to fight face to face. Uh, so I, I love it. I, I, I love that you're everything you're saying. I'm loving. Um, so we wanted we want to kind of bring things to a close here. And we've talked a lot about who we're learning from. Who are you learning from these days? How can listeners find those folks on social media uh, or, or the local bookstore, library, Amazon? Who do you recommend we go out and follow? All right. Um, well, I always I mean, my Twitter's. The- I love Twitter, but I've been uh, trying to do some reading and some new reading. And so I've got some books for you that I've been really enjoying. Um, one, because we really talked about video, is this book by Karen Costa, um, the uh, 99 Tips for Creating Simple and Sustainable Educational Videos. And this is actually a 2020 book. So it's a brand new, spanking new, it literally came in the middle of the pandemic. And it's little bite-sized chunks of tips and tricks and literally every word out of this book, it could be like, yes. I mean, I read it, I'm like, yes, yes. I mean, I wanna buy this book for every one of my faculty. So if you're someone, you're like, I'm not sure how to create video, or this is the quick, simple, dirty version of here's all the ways you can do video. So like for me, this book, go buy it. Um, Some of my other favorites. um, Now this is one that I've read before. It's not super, super recent, but but an urgency of teachers. 
these two, I mean, Sean Michael Moore's, um, Jesse Zomo, they're amazing. They are on Twitter. You want to follow some people who, who really are passionate about students and humanizing online learning and all of that, like right there. And the great book really makes you, this one's like, this one's more theoretical, like thinking book though. So like this is, if you have time to think, do this one. If you just need to do something, this one. And then this is my other favorite. I'm sorry. See, I love books and that's just it. I'm like, I adore books. Um, so teaching with compassion um, by uh, Peter Kaufman and uh, Janie Schlippler. And this one, it's an educator's oath to teach from the heart. And I think, and in fact, this is um, not that I'm dropping anything or anything, but my Instacon session is on designing with kindness, is on designing with kindness which is kind of right along with teaching with compassion. Um, and so now more than ever, I really feel, I mean, and this is where it doesn't matter. I mean, your course design could be the absolutely best design course in the entire world. And if your heart isn't in it, and if you're not connecting with your students, and if you're not engaging with your students, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you don't develop that trust, if you don't develop that relationship with students, none of it matters. You can, like, you can't, you can have the most amazing bit emoji classroom in the whole universe. And if you don't have that connection with your students, if you don't have that relationship, it's, it's for nothing. You really, it's all about that connection. And you know what? And if your class is simple and straightforward and it doesn't have any bells and whistles, and maybe it doesn't even always work quite right, but you're doing your best and students know you're all in and students know you care about them. And that as soon as you make a mistake, you say, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna fix it. Here it is, it's right. And you're there, you're responding to emails, you're supporting the students, you know, you're making any video you can to show them how to do stuff or emailing them with information. That's the class the students are gonna do even better in, they're gonna stay in. Um, I know some classes, they don't have the option to stay out, but if they can get out, you know, these are the classes they'll stay in. These are the classes that actually they'll learn, they'll be engaged um yeah it's all about the human factor it's all about that so some great great books by the way like those those will definitely be in the speaker are in the speaker notes in the show notes uh because i know people are going to be like sign me up boom 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 yeah those are let's go books. oh man just mm, i'm sorry those and in fact some of them i like i've reread a couple times the video one is literally brand brand new um uh, but the other two are books that I've read before. And then just right now, they're like re-speaking to me because we're in the middle of this pandemic and we're in the middle of a time where kids are going through things. Adults are going, we're all, ourselves are going through things we have never, ever experienced. And I hope we never do again. Um, and we really need to be thinking about these things. Like, how can we be kind to ourselves and how can we be kind to our students? And that's just mission critical. Like, that's it. For me, be kind to your students, be kind to yourself, and let's just survive. Like, let's just focus on getting through and making the best out of it. Um, Speaking of kindness, Kona, you are too kind to stay on the podcast this long with us, because uh, we said this was going to be, I think when we started, Marcus, the exact thing that we said was, this will be a quick one. We're not going to have you on for a full hour. We're not like, we just, let's just get some quick tips. No, it's amazing. Like, this is so such great content. That's what I'm getting to. Like, you are such a gentle soul and such a, you have such a kind heart. You, you love to discuss all these great things. You're so 
you're so wonderful at sharing and, and just every time Marcus and I reach out to you, you've been fantastic at, at just supporting the podcast. And you're, you're kind of always there when we, when we need somebody to talk about these types of things. And this was kind of a perfect like lead in, I think to everybody's start of the year. So thank you so much for being on the podcast again. We really appreciate wow. it. Thank you. Your podcast is amazing. I enjoy being on it. And you've had some, like, you're talking about like smartest person in the room. You have had phenomenal, phenomenal guests. Like I listen to your podcast and think, oh my gosh, like I don't have enough like notepaper to write down my notes and my thoughts and the ideas that I get from listening to some of your amazing guests. So we we've are been all e- lucky to have you. Yeah, we've been extremely lucky too. I think I could say that for And you're our first, you're our first double uh, oh, really? Yes. Host. Yeah. It's like Saturday yeah. Night Live. Like they have like uh, special awards for how many times they've hosted the show. That's right. That's a two star or a two timer. Right. That's yeah. Two timer on two time guest. I want appreciate to my my spot for Instacon next time. Oh, yeah. Next time we're face to face to Instacon. I'm hooking up with you guys. We're gonna have some fun, oh. and we got to do like just the we made it through the insanity, and now that's like. <laughs> Do the fun, awesome yes. sessions. I am sure. all about that. We are there. We are yeah. there two times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks again, Kona. We appreciate it. All right. See you later. Later. <laughs>